Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Hello, Pistons fans, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia here with you for this week's show and the Detroit Pistons 2021-2022 campaign is officially underway. It starts off in a competitive close loss to the Chicago Bulls by a final score of 94-88 on Wednesday. Jasper and I are going to get into all of that more but first off Jasper good to have you on this week's show. No mic with us this week so I'm back in the hosting chair but how you doing? how are we feeling after that first Pistons game? Oh, man. I, you know, look, that was a disappointing loss. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And there were definitely some things about the Pistons that we will get into today where they did not look very good. But all in all, I have to say, Mike, Mike, oh, my God, Aaron, I'm so sorry about that. Look at that. I, that's Wait, that's how that good of a host you good? are. I'm getting you and Mike mixed up. All in all, that was an entertaining game. And – Especially on the defensive end, there was a lot of positives. Overall, Aaron, I'm just excited to have NBA basketball back, and I'm excited to have the Pistons back and uh, ready to get into this regular season. Hopefully we get Kate Cunningham back soon as well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I've been glued to the, to the, to the screen at night watching hoops, not at its back. A couple really good games um, on opening night on Tuesday and then yesterday watching the Pistons and ended up catching the rest of the Knicks Celtics game, which was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, my buddy was talking to my, one of my buddies and he said, the NBA is just better when the Knicks are good. And as much as I don't really like, I don't really have an affinity for the Knicks. I do kind of agree with that sentiment, but uh, before we get into the major topics of today's show, we just want to mention that uh, this, this show, the Palace of Pistons podcast is brought to you by believe and bet online, bet online, is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. But online remains your number one spot for all the basketball action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. Again, that's BLEAV50. From basketball, football, baseball in the postseason nhl boxing and usc bet online has all of it don't wait take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts again the code believe 50 to receive 50 percent on your welcome bonus on your first deposit look i went and bet yet on my betting tally yesterday, I was three and one, had a good day. Um, hit my my little parlay, uh, which did include the Bulls winning. So 
you know, you can boo me if you want, but I did lose on the bulls over of one twelve and a half. I did project them to hit the over on that. They only finished with 94 points and they still somehow won, but three and one on the day. My uh, lock of the day was Jeremy Grant over 21 and a half. He finished with 24, but uh, I don't think it was ever really in doubt that he was going to, you know, finish under 21. Uh, The guy is just, especially with Kate Cunningham out, really the only go-to scorer on the roster right now. But I think we should start off uh, with this game, start off with really the big topic on Twitter is Killian Hayes. And call it a similar game to Stanley Johnson a couple of years ago in the Pistons' uh, first game of the season when he shot like 0 of 13 from the field. Um, but Killian Hayes, 0 of 6 from the field in 20 minutes. He had five rebounds, two assists, um, got benched for Corey Joseph down the stretch. At Pistons Twitter is mostly awry at the performance. There are some that, you know, are just like, hey, it's the first game, this and that, you know, but I mean, wow. Like, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. It was a really rough first game of the year for Killian Hayes. <laughs> the worst part about it, man, was – he actually did hit one shot and it was a three only problem is they called a travel on it. Um, yeah, kind of tough. And, and the worst part about that travel call also was that it wasn't a travel. So Killian couldn't win for losing yesterday. It, it was definitely a tough performance. I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. He did not look great but I thought there were a lot of small things that he did better yesterday that he didn't do uh, last season. For example, I thought his aggressiveness and his uh, desire to push the ball up the floor was good, especially after getting the rebound. The problem was nobody else on the team wanted to push in transition whatsoever. Um, Yeah. the, the, The problem with Killian right now is straight up that he's just not hitting shots. He had some okay looks. Uh, He needs to get more aggressive when he's going to the hoop. There was one play yesterday where he actually had Lonzo Ball on his hip, and instead of going into the contact and drawing a shooting foul, he faded away. And that is just not going to cut it in the NBA. It is not going to cut it, especially when you are six foot five. And what, 225 pounds like Killian Hayes is? I understand Lonzo Ball is a bad matchup for him because he's one of the few point guards that can actually match him in terms of size and strength. But Killian, he needs to be more aggressive when it comes to his offense, not just in terms of dribbling. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, look, he had, I believe, the third lowest usage rate of any Pistons yesterday, that is not exactly great for your starting point guard. And I think overall, it was not the most encouraging performance. However, there were some small things. Dwayne Casey uh, drew up one great play. There was a a really nice play where uh, he brought the ball up the floor, immediately passed it off to Jeremy in the high post, who then shot it over to Isaiah Stewart, then set a screen while Killian Hayes came around on the baseline, uh, literally just did a big old circle, got the handoff from Isaiah Stewart, 
and then lobbed it back up to Stewart while while uh, Jeremy Grant went to the three point line. It was it was almost like a like a modified Spain pick and roll, and I thought that that was really nice. The problem is he's just not getting it done when things kind of break down. He's he's not getting it done in isolation, and right now you can really tell that's where he's struggling the most. Aaron, I'm I'm interested to hear what you think because yeah, like you said. Pistons Twitter was all over him, all over him. And I frankly didn't think he looked as bad as, as a lot of people did. I think he just missed some shots that he should have made. Obviously that's what it comes down to at this point, but. Yeah. I mean, look, I was in on Killian Hayes before most, I mean, I was talking about him back in, you know, January of, you know, the year before he got drafted, I was talking about him and talking about him being a top prospect in that upcoming draft class. And so people know where I stand on Killian Hayes. I've been very pro Killian Hayes since he became a topic anywhere near related to the draft and the Pistons. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to keep falling into believing in guys when they're just not showing enough. Like I was a big proponent of Stanley Johnson and I clanged onto him being a valuable NBA player for so long. And it just, it just wasn't meant to be. And I I don't want to say that for Killian Hayes after he's played what 27 games of an NBA career, but it just was such an uninspiring performance. And the thing is it could have been better. He knows how to get to his spots. You know, you brought up that that same play I was going to bring up. He had Lonzo Ball beat off the dribble. He had the angle at the rim, and he decided to take a fall away, two-handed layup, like double-clutch shot, and it just made no sense. And he he he's capable. He has the speed. He has the handle to get to where he wants to be on the floor. And then it's weird because, in general, he's, he's a high IQ player, but his decision-making maybe – around the rim is just it leaves room and it leaves stuff left to be desired because he's had some tough bounces but he also takes some bad shots inside where he just makes the finish more difficult than it needs to be and i think part of it is not being confident in his right hand i think part of it is being afraid of contact uh he can get to the cup he's had a couple he did have he did have a couple tough bounces yesterday when he went at the rim, couple shots, couple layups looked like they should have gone in, just didn't get the right bounce. But he also just had a couple bad decision, bad type shots. And when you're not doing enough elsewhere, it's just not, it's not easy to protect you and say, Oh, well, he was at least playing great defense and he was really distributing the ball. Well, or, you know, he at least hit a couple three pointers, even though he wasn't finishing inside, like, the game in general was really rough for him yesterday. And it's not like his backup who eventually came in for him and finished down the stretch for him. Corey Joseph played much better. Joseph was one of six from the field. You know, he, yeah. he didn't, he did not have a majestic game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but man, I just, I, the Pistons, especially with Kate Cunningham out need big, big time minutes from Killian Hayes. And if he can't give you, 30 minutes a night, they are really thin in terms of ball handlers. And yes, Killian Hayes can come in and play 30 minutes and handle the ball, but he's got to do other things to make him valuable on the court. And if he can't get you a couple points here and there 
and it's just going to be tough to to play him and the Pistons are really going to struggle because they just don't have enough ball handlers without him or Kate Cunningham out there. So Aaron, I, I agree with the majority of what you're saying here. I guess for me, I look at it a little bit differently in the sense of I'm more at this point because I don't think the Pistons are going to be very good regardless of whether Cade's on the floor or not. Though, to be fair, I think they probably win last night's game with Cade Cunningham. Because um, they just needed somebody to hit an open three and they couldn't find anyone. And Cade is that, that kind of guy. Uh, when it comes to Killian, I agree with you. The thing is, a lot of the issues that we saw last year in terms of him not being willing to drive to his right, not really showing a lot of speed, not showing any sort of aggressiveness with his dribble. I thought that those things were improved. So when I'm looking at a game like this, which is a tough matchup for him, I I think if this was last year, how was he comparing to that? And in my opinion, he looked a lot better at the small things that he needed to get better at. But you're right. At the end of the day, even if he does hit that three and they don't call the travel, it's still a disappointing game for Killian Hayes. And he does need to get better. And look, at the end of the day, if he's not going to get to the free throw line or hit layups and, and open jumpers, it's not going to work. So, yeah, um, I think there are, are some positives. I don't think it was all negative. But overall, at this point, I think the Pistons fan base, look, 27 games in or not, it's pretty simple. He's got to start hitting shots. And if he doesn't, I don't really know where to go from there because they need him. Corey Joseph can't be playing 30 minutes a night for this team. And the fact that Corey Joseph throughout preseason and throughout the first game of the season looks like the best point guard the Pistons have right now that's not really a positive. That's that's a negative. And and Killian Hayes does need to step up. Absolutely. I, I really think like the most impactful thing he can do right now is lean into contact and get to the free throw line. If he's not doing that, I think we're going to see some more ugly box scores from Killian Hayes. So here's a couple things that I want to mention. Firstly, the Pistons aren't in a position to make a trade for a point guard or really any player in general this year. And especially until the free agency contracts that were signed over the off season can get traded because outside of the Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olynyk contracts, essentially the rest of the roster is on rookie or vet minimum deals mm-hmm. and they aren't worth a lot of money. And the rest of the Pistons cap space is tied up in dead money. So you're, you are stuck, quote-unquote, with Killian Hayes for at least the next few months. They're still You're still going to give him that type of opportunity. He's going to have that type of opportunity to get better and show he can do more because, God, I really think he can. The tape in, from his games before he came to the NBA were really convincing. I was really sold on him on both sides of the floor, but – I'm also learning not maybe to necessarily trust guys that can't shoot as much, but that's just something more philosophical, I guess, for me and how I scout players. But he's going to have that opportunity to get better. 
the Pistons aren't really in a position to make a trade. Like, let's say they wanted to go get another type of guard to put alongside Kate Cunningham, like throw out someone like CJ McCollum, for example. They can't afford it. It's not feasible for this year, especially for the next few months. If they were somehow able to clear cap space somehow or make the salaries match somehow in a few months when a Linux is movable, things like that, then maybe. But, you know, at least until I think it's middle of December where free agency contracts are unable to be traded until um, they are going to have to give Killian Hayes as much opportunity because they're kind of stuck with him in that sense as well. But the other question I wanted to, or the other, you know, lineup, I guess I wanted to point out and suggest maybe what are your thoughts on a lineup when Kate Cunningham is able to play of Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, and Isaiah Stewart, and having either Killian Hayes coming off the bench, or maybe he plays alongside Corey Joseph. Like, maybe does he not fit in the starting lineup? Is that is that something that needs to be looked at as well? I mean, you did spend the number seven draft pick on him. In theory, he should be your starting point guard. Or are people getting too caught up in 27 games, and specifically last night's game, and they should just give him time and maybe talk about that at a later date? Yeah, you got to give Killian Hayes a shot next to Kate Cunningham. I, look, I know last night was a struggle. I know that he has not performed in the way that you would want your number seven overall pick to perform after 27 games. That being said, you have to give him a real shot. And it's not like Frank Jackson looked spectacular last night by, by any stretch of the imagination either. You have to give a lineup of Kate Cunningham and Killian Hayes a real shot for at least 15, 20 games this season. Maybe if Killian continues to struggle, Cade looks really good. You are losing games because Killian is not giving you enough in that starting lineup. Okay, then you take, then you make a switch, but you owe it to yourself as an organization in a year like this where you're most likely not going to be contending for anything really meaningful other than a, <laughs> a lottery pick. Um, you owe it to yourself to see what you have with your last two big draft picks. And I believe that's what they're going to do. I also do believe they will throw out that lineup that you just said, Aaron. Um, Dwayne Casey said it multiple times. Like, I would be surprised if Isaiah Stewart and Kelly Olenek did not get any playing time together this season. He seems pretty dead set on doing it. Uh, we also questioned whether a Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson lineup would work. And frankly... They looked pretty good together last night. Uh, that was actually some of the best basketball the Pistons played was when those two were on the floor together uh, alongside Trey Lyles, Kelly Olenek, and Corey Joseph. So, um, yeah, the way I look at it, you you have to give that a real look. And then maybe halfway through the season, trade deadline starts coming around. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, you know, one or two of, of the veteran guys get moved, a la DeLon Wright last year. And maybe then you reassess what your lineup is. But, but for now, um, when Kate comes back, whenever that is, it, it sounds like it's not going to be until the end of the month. Um, yeah, you, you have to try that too, some in your backcourt. It's, it's too soon to relegate Killian Hayes to bench duty. Last question regarding Killian Hayes, I, I imagine, unless he's, we end up circling back to him later when we were talking about Kate Cunningham. If – he has another underwhelming season and he stays healthy. So you have a larger sample size. 
if he underwhelms, are you at the end of this year willing to move on from him and try to find a different complimentary guard to play alongside Kate Cunningham? Yeah, of course. If the, if the right trade comes up, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not married to, I think you said it well. I'm not trying to have another Sekou Dumboya. I'm not trying to have another Stanley Johnson. That's definitely one of the things we as a fan base, Pistons fans, I know I have too. We, I mean, that's just fans in general, have a tendency to, to really buy into the players that their team drafts. And, you know, I don't want to hold on to a player that's not going to make it in the time frame that they need to make it for this team. I don't want to hold on to them too long because the Pistons do have cap space coming up. They're probably going to get another lottery pick this year. Things are going to move fast for this organization. And if Killian Hayes can't keep up, that's too bad. Um, one guy that I've seen a lot of people on Twitter comparing him to is early career Lonzo Ball. And I think that's a really good comparison in a lot of ways, not just because their numbers look similar, but also because of the reason like why the Lakers moved on from Lonzo one, of course they had to trade him in order to get Anthony Davis, but two, his development did not fit the rest of that roster's development. And if Killian is going to take too long or they're not sure he is what it, what they need, um, I have no problem moving on after this season. I, I don't want to trade him away for nothing, but right now he either needs to, to put up or they need to start looking into, into alternatives for sure. All right. So that's, that's enough Killian Hayes talk for, for this week, especially yeah. since it wasn't too much positive Killian Hayes let's talk. Let's talk about some good stuff, man. Yeah. Let's talk about the game in general. Now, Again, the Pistons did lose, but they played a very competitive game. Much, I think it was very comparable to last year's type of Pistons game. Stayed in it, fought, were scrappy, just didn't have enough to close it. That was, again, the case last night. 94-88, the final score. Let's talk about some positives. Jeremy Grant, a pretty decent game. Didn't end up shooting the best from the field, but his numbers kind of got squashed a little bit down the stretch when the Bulls started doubling him and he just kind of took a couple heave shots. Um, Jeremy Grant yeah. with twenty four and six. He, he needs to give up. He needs to give up the ball on on stuff like that. And that's one of those situations where I think having Kate Cunningham will help a lot because man, the Bulls just zeroed in on him, and Jeremy did not have the awareness or desire to to give up the ball, and definitely took some some poor shots at the end of that game. Yeah, I I want to circle back that specifically when we talk about Cade, because I have some thoughts on that and I'm sure we'll have a, a nice discussion on that. But outside of Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart with 12 and eight, you know, he did a lot of his damage early on, didn't have a big second half, but overall defensively, I thought he had a really nice night as well, uh, primarily against Nikola Vucevic, who ended up finishing with 15 and 15, but he had a really rough shooting game, seven of 21. So I thought Stewart did a really nice job primarily on him uh, and just his interior presence as well. And then some other, you know, halfway decent performances, Kelly Olenek with 10 points, four rebounds, three assists off the bench, Diallo with eight points and some really good defense off the bench as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's tough to take a ton out of the first game of the year, but overall for a loss, I feel like there were some, some decent performances in there for Detroit and, 
man, if they just hit a couple outside shots, it's again, it was a six point game. They hit a couple and it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. I, look, they just couldn't find somebody to hit open, open threes. Kelly Olenek over four, Corey Joseph, one of four, Frank Jackson, one of five from outside. Like that's where the game was lost that. And there was basically the last minute of the third quarter. Um, for me, that's when the game shifted because the Pistons were in control of really the entire third quarter. And they were in a position to where going into the fourth, they could have potentially started pulling away from the bulls. Then they turn over the ball three times in a three possession span. The bulls have the lead going into the fourth quarter and it's a totally different ball game. The the Pistons had to fight back and try and reestablish themselves. And by then it was too late. So yeah, not hitting the outside, not hitting open threes, um, turning the ball over carelessly at the end of the third quarter. That's where the game was lost. But overall, I think it was a, a promising performance from, from Detroit. Sadiq Bay, you can see the improvement there for sure, especially when it comes to driving into the lane, dishing it off. He had uh, about like a 45-second stretch in the fourth quarter where he was dominant. Um, he was affecting uh, uh, affecting – uh, pardon me, uh, DeMar DeRozan on defense, who he, I thought he did a really nice job on DeMar, driving into the lane, dishing it off to Isaiah Stewart. I thought he did great. Um, the real problem with this team, as I see it right now, is one, they don't have a secondary offensive option behind Jeremy Grant. Like, I like what I've seen from Sadiq. I like what I'm seeing from Hamadou Diallo. I like what I'm seeing from Josh Jackson. But these aren't players that you can rely on to go out in the fourth quarter and get you a score when the game is on the line. They need Kate to go alongside Jeremy Grant. Uh, they also, I do think Isaiah Stewart played good defense on Nikola Vucevic. The problem is this team is just, is not a good rebounding team at all. And they're really going to struggle with, with those boards. I think this season, uh, the bulls to me are not a great rebounding team by any stretch of the imagination. And the rebounding numbers were similar, but to me, they really had the advantage on the board. So there's absolutely things that the Pistons need to work on. But overall, I, I thought the flashes uh, from Isaiah Stewart, I thought the flashes from Sadiq Bey, I thought that those were really good. And look, the bench unit, we've been saying it all preseason, looks better than the starters still. Kelly Olynyk, Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson. Heck, even Trey Lyles came in forced a couple really like smart turnovers by getting into the passing lane, threw down a dunk. So that was a positive. The thing is you can just see it. Like they need consistent rebounding and they need a consistent second score until then. It's hard to really evaluate what this team can do. Yeah. I mean, again, you look at some of these numbers and it just shows how close this game was. The bulls hit three more free throws than the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons shot six of 28 from the three-point line. The Bulls shot seven of 23. So the Bulls only made one more three-pointer than Detroit. The Pistons shot 36 of 90 from the field. So 40%. The Bulls shot 43% from the field. They made one more field goal than the Pistons. So just a very close game. The assist, the Bulls have one more assist. The Pistons had one less rebound. Like this game was down to every number, very, very close. And yeah, it's like if you have Kate Cunningham in this game, you have that guy that 
outside of Jeremy Grant, you're comfortable giving the ball to, letting him go get a bucket. He just takes some pressure off of guys like Jeremy Grant or even Sadiq Bay as well. And they just didn't have that. And that's something that they desperately need. But yeah, I mean, this game for Detroit, it was a very winnable game. And I think it's, you know, I get the Bulls are still going to be working through chemistry issues and building chemistry. And they probably don't have the depth that uh, they would like, but that starting five for them is a really solid group. And they leaned on them heavily more so than Detroit leaned on their starters in the game. And I mean, you saw DeRozan play 38 minutes and Vucevic and Levine played 36 minutes. So they played their big guys, key minutes and the Pistons fought with them through and through. Obviously Levine had his way, but you know, guys like Vucevic guys like DeRozan didn't have super stellar games. And, you know, it's good to see the Pistons, compete at that level and you know I think it's probably going to be a, a, a rather similar type of year for them compared to last year yeah. I think they'll probably get some more wins but they're kind of going to be in that same boat where they're competitive in most games but it's just going to be tough for them to close games out and that's going to continue to be the case especially with Kate Cunningham out who let's kind of get into now we did see uh, some quotes from general manager Troy Weaver talking about Kate Cunningham on 97 won the ticket. He was talking about Kate Cunningham returning with the Pistons at the end of the Pistons road stretch. So when they come back home, uh, that's the Pistons now go on the road. They're going to be in Chicago on Saturday, and then they go to Atlanta and Philadelphia Pistons have some days off in between games. So their first game yesterday on Wednesday, they don't play again until Saturday. Then they play on Monday and have another two days off in between that where they'll play on Thursday against Philadelphia. So it sounds like the target date for Cade Cunningham to return is going to be at the end of October, Saturday, October 30th at Little Caesars Arena against the Orlando Magic on the front end of a back-to-back. So it could be a situation where you see Kate Cunningham come back for a game and then sit another game, but don't say that. I have tickets to that Nets game, man. Oh, don't say that to me. Oh, you know what? I oh. I've been looking at that and I'm like, oh, um, he's gonna sit. There's no way they're gonna play him on a back to back coming off of an injury. I'm so I'm so bad. <laughs> that is sorry, brutal. personal venting. That's just it's brutal. I I bought these tickets like three months in advance. <laughs> that, those were probably the cheapest net tickets all year. Besides, oh, like, yeah, uh, like 14 Sacramento. bucks, man. I, I've been saying for years the cheapest date you can go on in New York City is, is to a Nets game. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, hey, at least we'll get to see him play against Jalen Suggs. I, I think that should be a fun little matchup, right? But yeah, man, oh, I would really like to have Cade Cunningham back before then, but it will be good to see how this team, you know, is able to respond after a tough loss last night. They had, do have that time off. And then they come back and play, well, the same team that's coming off of a back-to-back. The Bulls are playing Friday night. Um, so, you know, if they can split those first two games, if they, can, if they can beat Chicago and not come back and get blown out in the second game, that would be great. I would love to see that happen because I think it's possible. You're totally right when you say that this is going to be a similar team to last year's team. They're going to make their bread and butter – it's, it's going to be hard defense, slowing down pace, and just grinding things out 
with other teams, trying to out hustle them, trying to get lucky every now and then, and just keeping the score as low as possible to ensure that they still have a shot because, Hey, the offensive talent on this team, there's potential, but there's just not enough there to, to rely on. And look, I know a lot of Pistons fans aren't happy that this is a team that goes so slowly 23rd in pace last year. They're probably going to be in the same range this year, probably in that 20 to 25 spot. And I know you look at the roster and you say, well, there's a bunch of young athletic guys. Why are they going so slow? It's because they have to, they can't run with teams. They certainly cannot run with the Chicago bulls. Zach Levine will eat you alive. He did it last night. So yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna win the games that they win in the same way that they won them last year by grinding things out, by doing the little things, winning those hustle plays, getting in passing lanes, um, just irritating the hell out of other teams and hoping that their bench unit is better than the other team's bench unit because that is where they're going to, that's where they're gonna come out victorious. Uh, the starting lineup. There's some nice things about it, but as of right now, just does not have enough firepower, period. Yeah, without Cade Cunningham, it's it's going to be really tough. And I mean, yeah, it is kind of it is good for the Pistons that they're going to be without him in a sense because they've got to learn to play a man down. And but that those, you know, in these next three games without him, you, it's a pretty tough schedule. Chicago and then Atlanta and Philadelphia, even with or without Ben Simmons, the Sixers are a better team than Detroit. So, certainly, you know, those are some tough games and them all being on the road. But it was it was a lot nicer when it was uh, nothing serious with Kate Cunningham's ankle. And it's now been – it's going to be a full month uh, of no Kate Cunningham. And that is rather disappointing. Um, Aaron, you remember last week when we were on the show and we both said, oh, I'm a little bit concerned about Cade Cunningham's ankle. And uh, Mike, Mike came out and said, shut up. You guys are stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Cade's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, Mike, I see why you're not on the podcast this week. buddy. <laughs> Must Hiding, be nice from, that us. Hiding from us. I see how it is. Hiding from that and the fact that I nailed both of my gambling picks last week. Q's covered. Lions lost. Come on, baby. Don't, don't, don't run from me, Mike. Stop running. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, man. They need Cade. Like it's, you hate to come out of the first game of the season and be like, okay, I'm going to distill all the problems down to one thing, but that is really it. They need Kate Cunningham period. Like this team is not going to be able to win without him. Uh, certainly not consistently. We will see what happens when he's back. But as of right now, I feel like, and again, you, you don't love making such broad sweeping generalizations after one game, but this is a very similar roster to last year's roster. And it's the same reality as last year. They don't have enough offensive options they're going to play good defense, but they don't have enough scoring right now. And, um, yeah, I'm very worried about this this opening 9-10 game stretch. I think there's a real, real shot they're going to open up at, at like, 1-9. and nine. Um, It's going to be ugly. It's going to be really ugly to start. But at least at that point, then there's nowhere to go but up, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, they're just not built to, to play without Jeremy Grant and Kate Cunningham. 
You know, no. the, the rest of the roster, you know, maybe Sadiq Bay is better than this type of, you know, what whatever. They're they're all role players essentially. And and you can argue yeah. maybe a couple guys are above that, but at the end of the day, like they don't have enough above average guys that can step outside of being a role player and step into bigger shoes, at least consistently and keep the Pistons afloat. So Aaron, it's like this. They, they have so many players on this roster that do the little things, right? The problem is they don't have enough players on the roster that do the big things, right? Like you can count on Josh Jackson and Hamadou Diallo to do a couple of, you know, give you a couple of plays here and there that make you go, Wow, that's awesome. That's winning basketball. Um, you can count on Kelly Olynyk to be a pain in the ass and take a charge or two and make a, 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 an unexpected pass, you know, that gets you an open bucket. You can count on that for a couple plays every game. They don't have that Zach Levine guy, the guy who can struggle for two quarters and then come out and absolutely dominate an entire half of basketball. They don't have it. They need it. And the guy who could maybe do that on this team is out with an injury right now. So it, it's just too bad. They, they need star power, period. Like the depth is there. It's, it's the front end of the roster that's, that's just not there right now. Yeah, and it'll be good to get Cade Cunningham back. I mean, even with the Pistons being precautious, like it's worrisome, but – I'm still not like overly concerned about his long-term health. It's just the frustration of not being able to see the number one pick, knowing that this team desperately needs his type of talent on the floor. But, you know, at least it's not something super serious to where they're talking about him being out months. Like it's going to suck that they got to go another, you know, nine days or whatever without him suiting up. But he's going to come back and hopefully help stabilize the Pistons roster. Um, and we'll finally get to see the number one pick, but the Pistons are just doing their duty of being very shady with how they prevent present medical information about the number one pick in the draft. Uh, shout out David Griffin and the new Orleans Pelicans. The Pistons are just following suit nope. in that regard. Yeah, so, but other than that, Anything else that you really wanted to get into? I mean, again, it was only one game. I wish we had a couple games to really talk about and, and dive into in regards to how the Pistons have performed. But anything else that maybe from the game or just in general you feel like needs to be talked about with the Pistons? Yeah, I, I would say in terms of for the rest of this opener, there was a couple things I noticed. One, crowd showed up. Uh, Chicago's announced team, even because I, I was listening to the away broadcast, Chicago's announced team even said it at the top of the broadcast. They said, Pistons fans like have packed this thing and, and it's really loud in here, which I loved. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think of the new court, Aaron. I, I said it last night. I think I like it. I'm just not quite sure. When I look at it, it kind of reminds me of Philadelphia's court. It, it didn't feel like I was watching the Pistons play at home. Um, maybe it's because I'm used to the broadcasts being dead silent uh, due to nobody being at the games. Maybe it's just the new design, but it didn't really feel like a home game. It, it felt very different. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, like I said, I think they lost this game at the end of the third quarter. That little 45-second stretch killed them. I like a lot of the things that the younger guys are doing. Sadiq Bey, you can see the growth there. Do I think he's ever going to be a first, second option on this team or any other team? No, but I could definitely see him carving out a Tobias Harris-like role for himself in the NBA where, you know, he just plays good defense, shoots, uh, gets those easy buckets, and does a couple things here and there to to improve your team. And, you know, you look up at the end of the game and he's got 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists. I think that's very, very possible. So. I liked the growth I saw there. I liked that Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson looked good together. Um, and hell, I'll say it. We maligned the, the, the signing when it happens, but I thought Trey Lyles went out there and gave them some, some solid minutes. I don't think he was great by any means, but he did a good job on defense. He didn't force anything on offense. Um, overall, from a role player perspective, this was a very positive showing for the Pistons. Again, it just comes down to, you know, those those stars, Killian Hayes, not performing. Jeremy Grant, forcing shots at the end of the game. Cade Cunningham, simply not being on the court at all. That's really what this game came down to. Um, and, and again, after one game, it's too soon to make broad proclamations about the whole season. But this is very much looking like a team that would be actually best it'd be best for the long-term uh, uh fortunes of this franchise for them to finish with a, a pretty poor record this year and get another high lottery pick because they need stars straight up and i'm not sure that they can get enough in free agency um when this cap space does open up after this season yeah i think we're we're on the same page in a lot of a lot of regards when discussing the Pistons game against the Bulls from Wednesday, all in all, I'm not concerned with the loss. I, you know, there was enough good stuff going on in that game that, you know, outshadows the bad stuff like Killian Hayes and Corey Joseph. But that being said, I think this is a good spot to wrap it up. The Pistons back in action on Saturday in Chicago now, again against the Bulls. And then they'll go to Philadelphia and uh, what was the other game? Uh, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta. So they go Atlanta, then Philadelphia. So hopefully we'll have a couple more games through, and then we'll another podcast, you know, probably at least the Saturday and Monday game. Um, and then maybe a podcast comes out on that Thursday um, before the Philadelphia game. But other than that, hopefully we have Mike back next week. You know, this guy is just so popular. It's, it's tough to, to lock him in nowadays, but and hopefully he graces us with his presence. And uh, that being said, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us on this week's Palace of Pistons podcast. So again, thanks to our 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 sponsor, Bet Online. Thanks to the Believe Podcast Network, and thank you to all of you for listening. We'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.